season two of the Raindrop Corner, and if we're being technical, episode 11. This was a wonderful way to ring in this particular new season. It's been a whirlwind of a season. I've had a lot of amazing guests, and I thought, who better to start it off than DJ Alice, a.k.a. Mrs. Veronica Wilson, who is a wonderful person, both professionally and personally. She started the first LGBT plus radio station in Jacksonville, Florida, Out Jacks Radio. And what I love is when people take storytelling and they combine it with what they're doing. It's not just, I'm going to play these songs for you that are LGBT plus related. Um, they also include people who are supporters and allies and also kind of tell a story behind, you know, why this individual is making this music. What's the inspiration? I love that aspect. Um, DJ Alice also is a paragon in the community, does a lot of other things. She has an entertainment business where, you know, she does lighting, DJing, you know, party planning. She's a fantastic person and just so versatile in what she does. And I have said this before in season one, I even said it on the final episode that I did where I was kind of, you know ruminating on my experiences that particular season but I really enjoyed this episode because like some of the later episodes of season one it gave me an opportunity to talk about things that I normally don't get to talk about and I really loved how much of a focus this particular episode has on the LGBT plus community on what it's like um, growing up as someone who is LGBT plus on what it's like immersing with the community, the different relationships within. It's not something that people often talk about. There are some aspects in this interview that are very sensitive in ways, but I think it's an important conversation that needs to get started. So I hope that you all enjoy it and welcome to a new season of adventure. I've got DJ Alice with me. DJ Woo-hoo! Alice, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is, uh, I don't, I, it's going to sound really like corny, but I mean, it is kind of an honor. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I, kinda, it's really an honor. It's okay. I was about to be like, kind of mm-hmm. giving you the side eye over here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> as, she, as she slowly presses the stop button, <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> On a serious note, you know, I discovered Out Jack's radio kind of by accident. You know, I was looking at... LGBT plus, um, just different organizations in Jacksonville and the surrounding areas. And I happened to stumble across You actually searched it. I did. It was something that I discovered purely by accident and just through kind of actually looking out for, for new LGBT plus affiliated things in the area. Because I believe that you had already aired three or four shows okay. before I discovered it. I'm like, I'm going to listen. So we sit there and, you know, we're listening to it and we're jamming to it. And it was a cool experience. I think what I like the most is I love when people can take something like music or artistry or whatever your content is and kind of bleed different facets into it. And I liked the teaching moments, like behind the music. I really like history. So I really, that made my heart happy. So thank you so much for being here. Can, Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and how... Um, that kind of started, not just with the radio show, but how you got into loving music and how you have kind of built yourself up. Because the radio show is not all that you do. 
No. So just give me a little bit of background. Who who are you? I didn't realize you had a three-hour radio show. <laughs> three hour show. I speak in terms of radio show. Everybody has a radio show, by the way. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, because it is kind of a long story. Um, I went to school at one point mm-hmm. for music. I started out as a French horn player. Um, really, really loved music. Went mm-hmm. to UNF School of Music. Not UNF. USF. Go Bulls. Um, <laughs> school of Music. And at the time, I, I really thought that I had a career in that. I really wanted to either be, uh, you know, a band leader, you know, some kind of a performer or something. Um, and not to go into this on this particular interview, but there was there were some dark things that I discovered about music. There's... Um, there's a lot of ego in it. There is a lot of favoritism in it. I mean, it's it just, it was what it was. And I'm not saying that that's horrible for the industry. It, it's just, I kind of saw that that's the way that it worked at the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, anyway, and from my perspective, not from everybody's perspective, obviously. And so I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to fight that fight. I don't want to, I don't want to play that game. Um, and so I dropped out of the School of Music and I went into the School of Accounting. Now, how you can go from music to accounting, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> You're just married, <laughs> mixing it up a little bit. I'll, I'll tell you what it was. I loved using automatic pencils. <laughs> so like, automatic. I, get, I get to use automatic pencils in this. <laughs> accounting was going to be great. Um, I think I even have one around. No, but anyway, so... I like how you're looking for one. Yeah, <laughs> I've got like 20 of them here. Um, so there was a pause in the music. But there wasn't really, like, a, a complete pause. It was more, um, I got away from it in a in an official educational sense. I, I've always played guitar, too. So mm-hmm. I played in various bands, in various field bands, <laughs> in various almost bands, um, in various garages, wherever. You'll have to tell me about that. Like, what was your first band that you were in, if you recall? Like, what kind of music <laughs> did you guys play? <laughs> you really... Um, I grew up playing stuff like Ozzy Osbourne, uh, very heavy metal, um, a lot of Guns N' Roses. If you listen to me play now, you would know that I was heavily influenced by Southern rock and roll. Um, so I, in, in the early 90s, that's where it was. You know, it was, you, you either were like heavy metal or, you know, Southern rock. That was when, Al, uh, Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses was really big, that sort of stuff. Um... <laughs> the first band's in, oh, I think we called ourselves uh, St. Caron, who is the river guide across the river Styx. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> you guys are creative. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I don't even think I picked up. It was like, somebody was like, yeah, this we're calling our band. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> if we make it out of the garage, that's great. <laughs> that was back in like 93. Um... But so I've done a little bit of that on and off. I've never really given a given up the guitar. Um, I played it a little bit on and off, and then uh, I don't know. Fast forward, that's all I really did. Um, and in the meantime, I built up an IT career, so I'm I would consider myself fairly successful in the world of of IT work. Yes, um, project, twins. Yeah, project management, uh, business analytics. Um, uh, you know, developer type work. I, I kind of my my paying career um, has been kind of a hybrid of all three. And mm-hmm. after doing that for 
more than 15 years, um, I kind of came in a personal crossroad. Think of it as a uh, some kind of midlife crisis, something like that. Um, and I, I mean, I was I was really really down. This was last year, actually. Mm-hmm. This was um, probably May of last year. I was really really down, super depressed. Um, didn't know what I was gonna do. Didn't I knew that I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing. So I sat down and I wrote two things on the on my board that really resonated. Um, the one is that I could quit my IT career and I become a baker, mm-hmm. which. <laughs> Talk about I mean, a money a... reduction, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, oh, you know, that's one thing I could do. But then I'm like, you know what? I don't want to get up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. every morning and bake. So I'm like, the baker isn't going to work. Well, what else can I do? Well, I can do music. And at that time, I didn't know, oh, I was going to do a radio station or I wanted to be a DJ. I just knew that I wanted to do music. Um, I knew that I wanted to explore uh, writing music again. That's mm-hmm. something I had done when I was in school. Um, and then it, it's from that point on, it's been this, it's been this really kind of like this whirlwind journey that started with, I want to write music. Well, in order to get my music out, I need to know how to DJ. Ooh, I really like to DJ. Well, let's see where this goes. Hmm, I think I could do something with this. Let's keep going. Oh, wait, wait, wait. People are really excited about DJ, but none of my clients want a DJ. They want somebody who can do uh, lighting or sound engineering or something like this. So I said, oh, what the hell, I can do that too. Um, so I went out and I bought a bunch of lights and I bought a bunch of sound equipment. Um, and I started I started doing that. And so I would go and I would, you know, you see this, no, none of your viewers can see this, but there's this big, like, half mountain next to me, tall of lights. And... Um, whether it was a prom or a war show, um, some kind of a, a formal ceremony or a birthday party, you know, we go out and we could set up lights, um, set up sound, and you know, get the party started. And that's that's what I've done for a while. Well, it was actually during one of those events. So this is this is kind of the culmination of this whole long three-hour story. Um, <laughs> it's not that long. We appreciate stories on this show. So the whole point of this, this long story is is that I was at one of these events where I set up lights. Um, and I was listening to this event, and the DJ was really, really good. Um, the DJ was really hopping on it. Everybody was having a good time. I have never been on a second floor of a venue and had seen everybody and when I say everybody I mean a few hundred people all jump at the same time. That's pretty cool. And have the floor of the venue bow by <laughs> I mean it was when I say it was jumping like literally it was a great party. And one of the individuals, a trans individual actually came out of that party. Um and he made a statement to a friend of mine and that friend uh relayed it to me and said, you know, why don't we have more access to LGBT artists? You know, there's so many great LGBT artists. Why don't we hear more of those particular artists? Um, and from that, I kind of, I, I sat on that probably for a good month and a half, two months. And then I realized that Jacksonville doesn't have that kind of outlet. We don't have a show. We don't have a... a yeah, a media outlet that really pays attention to LGBT, specific to LGBT artists. 
um, and talk about them from a position of LGBT artists and celebrate them about a position from a position of LGBT artists. I mean, we can all talk about you know. Um, I'll just I'll just throw out an old one so that I don't offend anybody. <laughs> but you know, we can all talk about Elton John. But you know, do we? Do we really talk about Elton John from the position of being an LGBT artist and what you know Elton has added to the community and the stories that he's taken forward um, and the people that he's influenced moving on, specifically within that LGBT sphere? And the pers- the the kid was completely—I call him a kid because you know I'm like I'm old older. <laughs> <laughs> this kid was completely right, and so I, I took that to heart and I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I started looking around and I'm like. I thought to myself, I have all the equipment. I have the technical knowledge to do this. Um, so basically, like, I have the background and the ability to do this. Why not? And that was how Jacks Radio got started. So it was on a why not. So I, <laughs> I text over to my friend, uh, Mindy, and I'm like, hey, Mindy, I think I'm going to do this radio show. And she said, great, I'll tell everybody about it. <laughs> She's like, when are you doing it? And I'm like... Uh, two weeks from now, and she's like, "All right, I'll let everybody know." And that was that was that, <laughs> that was, was like the date. I'm like, Mindy, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. Like, just I like the fact that it's multifaceted, because um, it's 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 one thing to do a radio show, which is work all in itself and requires like a lot of knowledge to like effectively present the music, the material, and then the personality. Personality is not really something you can teach. So that's that's pretty cool. And I say personality because when I was watching <laughs> you, like you're very charismatic. You have a really funny sense of humor. <laughs> you have such a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It sounds really cliche. You have face for radio. <laughs> No, it's true. <laughs> but no, like, it was really enjoyable listening to you. But the fact that you do lighting in other venues and you're able to blend your knowledge um, is, is really integral to kind of creating more than just your run-of-the-mill thing, but something that's varied. And that's something that I definitely respect. Thank you. Definitely. You're welcome. How did, um, how did you take the concept of wanting to kind of emphasize more LGBT plus artists um, and channel that into a radio show from a conceptual standpoint. Like, what is take me through your process when you're about to do a show? Or okay, so a couple. All right, so let me make a note of these things because there, there's a, there's a couple in here. <laughs> no it's like problem. you're giving me multiple interview questions, and I got to <laughs> keep track. So we've got um, from a technical like t- a technical standpoint, you've talked about that, but then you talk about you alluded to like the the journey that is the show. And you know what, I, for Out Jack's Radio, I am very much in the middle of that journey. Mm-hmm. There is, I knew that I had to do something when I first did the show, and that's exactly what I did with something. It wasn't, it wasn't scripted, it wasn't, there was not a lot of pre-planning in that particular show. It was, <laughs> it was basically me, me saying, Oh damn, Mindy just told everybody that I got to do this in two weeks. I got to do this in two weeks. <laughs> let me let me throw as much uh, LGBT music in as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, let me you know put myself on video and let's see what happens. It was just you know it's kind of like a it was like a, a stir the chili pot kind of night, and that's that's kind of so take that into a broader perspective, and that's really where the show still is. It, it's still in that. 
you know, it's still in that stirring the chili pot and getting it to simmer and figuring out, like, what what is the show? What do I do? What has meaning to people? And in every show that I do, and I mean, I'm only, what, seven shows in? But every show that I do, it, it's like, it's like each show is like a little bit of a, of a stage curtain, and that stage curtain gets open every show, and it gets open a little bit more, and the picture the picture is starting to come into focus. So there are... <laughs> many of you out there are thinking, wow, she has no clue what she's doing. <laughs> That's about 80% true. <laughs> um, but it's done like that on purpose. It, it's totally done like on this purpose. There is no definition. I don't want to define this. I don't want to be boxed in anything. I kind of want to see where this naturally goes. Um, gee, I talk a lot. So you're talking about, like, how do I get ready for a particular show? Yeah, like... Well, that's not necessarily as chaotic as I just led that to believe. <laughs> that's, um... How I get ready show it, for a show is I generally have an idea of what music I want to play. I have a very loose uh, format where I play a lot of older music up front. Mm-hmm. So the first hour is a lot of older music. Second hour is a lot of new music. And older and new is, excuse me, is kind of undefined right now. Like, older I think of as, like, 80 and ni- 80s and 90s, because that would be older to me. And newer right now is more of the, like, the mid to late 2000s and up. Um, and then the last part of the show is just throw out as many bangers as I can possibly fit. <laughs> um, and the idea is, is that, you know, you come in, we want to ease in, we want to find something familiar, have a good time. Um, this, the second hour is to, to really listen to new stuff. Maybe you haven't heard, you know, challenge it. Maybe there's an opportunity that I can challenge my audience with a new song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is simply to give you enough energy that you, uh, bounce into clothes and you're on your way out to uh, Metro or Park Place or somewhere <laughs> like that. Or, you know, you might be dancing in your room with your cat. Not saying that that's what I was doing, but I mean, it's possible that somebody out there could have been doing that to the show. Could have somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I, 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 I have video of other people, so you wouldn't be alone. <laughs> what would you say, like, are some of your go-to bangers when you're looking for songs to just kind of get people up and dancing? Oh, I have so many in there. Um, Divas on the Dance Floor is one that I can think of almost immediately, yeah. just because I've played that one almost every song, or every night. Um... Crucified 2013 by Army of Lovers is another one. Um, honestly, it's I would probably have to have my laptop in front of me because I'm like, all right, this one I haven't played this one. No, I played this one last week. Okay, what's next? Oh, nope, nope, I haven't played that one yet. Let's throw that one in. Um, but I mean, it, it could be you know I played uh, I played very old stuff like I played Abigail did a rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I played that one. That one's from, like, 1993. Um, I played, uh, you know, anything Amber. So, Amber's, um, sexual. Uh, you know, I played, uh, Old Laura Fabian. That's another one that I played. So, a lot of stuff from my, my heyday I've been able to play easily. Uh, I haven't heard Laura Fabian in a really long time. My mom really liked Laura Fabian a lot. Yeah. On the Sonique is another one. Mm-hmm. I remember when Sonique came out with um, feels so, what was it feels so good. Um, 
for, uh, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna sound like a complete noob on this one, but, um, so when Sonique came out, she had a lot of, she had two really good songs, mm-hmm. and a lot of people asked me for Sonique, so I, I tried to throw her out to, um, she had another one, um, I put a spell on you, which I really like, but I don't think a lot of other people know that one. I, I love that song. Isn't it in Hocus Pocus? Is that where... <laughs> no, they do a rendition of it in Hocus Pocus. And then... Do they? No, so Neat came out after that. Oh, yeah. I don't, and I don't think hers was a... Oh, crap. Now I'm going to have to go back and see. It's like, I'm, is her in the cover? I might be wrong. So if you guys are getting angry because you love <sighs> Hocus Pocus to death, I'm pretty sure that that song is in there somewhere, but I'm not... There is there are many different versions of that one. There's like yeah. a '70s version and a. But I think hers was unique to her. I don't think it was. The same. It, it it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for it because. <laughs> like I know what I'm talking I about. I feel like you know a lot more. <laughs> I told about you this, what you're talking about than I do. I told you this is a little bit of chaos. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's structured chaos. Mm-hmm. We can pretend like it is. Yeah, we can. <laughs> it's 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 purposeful chaos. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that see, that sounds nice. The next time I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I'm going to use that exact phrasing. It's purposeful chaos. I feel like it'll make me seem smarter too, and I've just exposed myself to all of you listening to this right now. We'll forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> But what are some of, like, starting the radio station, especially since you said it's kind of in its early flux, mm-hmm. um, where it's still evolving and changing and growing, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had thus far with starting the radio station and also um, <clears throat> kind of growing its popularity? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm giving you homework, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit myself to doing it one question at a time. No, you're, you're fine. Um... <laughs> what they told me to do in my media class so for anybody who's listening out there um for everybody who's listening out there anytime she asks me a question with more than one uh, more than one topic in there i write it down so i can be like all right i covered that one check yeah that one um so challenges to the show it's like where do you start um challenges to the show can be technical so how to actually get that information out um some nights are better than others uh, there was one particular night that it was really, really bad where I I thought that I wasn't going to be able to con- go on the air. Like, I start, for anybody who's technically minded, um, my show is at a certain bandwidth, and I try to put that out for quality so that everybody can get a, a quality, whether they're viewing it on their mobile or at home. But then my internet started to <laughs> crash, and, like, my bandwidth got smaller and smaller and smaller until I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that what they hear right now sounds like it's on uh, this little tiny speaker that's really terrible. Um, yeah, I didn't explain that very good at all. But no, whatever. it's okay. I get what you're saying. Um, so it's just, like, mono yeah, type of sounding. Like, just, just terrible sound, skewed video. Um, and I, did, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't fix it. All I could do was start to back off what I was sending out until finally I didn't get any problems anymore. Um, so there's the technical challenges. Another challenge is a personal challenge. Um, it is it is a personal challenge to be on a on anything that you're starting out for the first time. Um, because you have to really 
be able to perform, whether you're performing to zero people or you're performing to, you know, a hundred people, you have to be able to perform, whether, you know, because I'm recording my stuff so people can come back, you know, I'm going to be promoting my stay, my my show, so I want people to go back and see that show and think it was awesome and they want to join, um, but it is a challenge because if you do a show where nobody is listening and you know nobody is listening, it can, it can really kind of dishearten you a little bit, and to be able to as a performer to be able to so the challenge is as a performer to be able to push through that and do a good show no matter what um so there are personal challenges and in it for anybody who has you know any kind of of ego or you know i'm not saying that i don't have an ego um you know but for anybody who really you know has an ego or for anybody who looks to others Mm -hmm. for validation that's incredibly difficult um, and, and I've, I've had a problem with both in the past and, and I will admit that, you know, sometimes on some shows when, you know, I noticed that a lot of people drop out, you know, I kind of, there's, there's this little soul crushing piece inside of me, but then, you know, the, the bigger part has to push that back out and get on with the show and have a good time. It's like, uh, Freddie Mercury said, the show must go on. Very true. Such a great quote. <laughs> but I, I can I can relate to that on a level as as well. Like I don't I think that everybody has a little bit of an ego. Some people have much more minuscule, pseudo non existent egos than others. But, you know, when you do something, everybody wants it to succeed. Everybody wants it to do well. So that's that's definitely a, a valid concern and it, it takes growth to be able to push through something, seeing that you know, there's not a lot of attendance and whatever it is you mm-hmm. might need. So you have mad props for that. Thank you. Um, that's something that I feel like I'm still learning to do. I'm very good at not letting things show, but that doesn't mean that inwardly I'm not like some freaking like. <laughs> well, you you and I talked about this before, yeah. and I, I think it would it would give your listeners value. Was yeah. um, when I started going to Metro back in the early two thousands. I would go see Rhiannon's show. She did the talent show night, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was Thursday nights. Not a not a Friday night, not a Saturday night, so it's not packed. Um, and there were some times that she would do a show, and I would be the only one in the audience other than the bartender. Um, and she would do the show no matter what. And it was always a good show. Um, and she, <laughs> she used to say, you know, I'll come out here and I'll do this show. No, I'll do this show to the bartender. I'll do the show to crickets. Um, so if you ever hear me talk about crickets on my show, <laughs> that's that's where that came from. And without that, without that experience and watching where Rhiannon came from to where she ultimately ended up or ends up, because she she's still very much in this community, um, it's just it's something I have faith on. It's something I rely on. Well, that's a good thing. It, it's a hopeful message, and I mean, I'm sure that you know instances like that to draw off of probably made it a lot easier for you to solidify the fact that, hey, I'm going to start this radio show and I'm going to incorporate things that I already enjoy doing, whether it's lighting or whether it's, you know, being a personality and hosting things, things of that nature. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome that you're able to channel it like that. Um, just like kind of reverting and going back in time, I always like to paint a picture of, of what people were like when they were growing up. What was your growing up experience like? And has I know you said you used to play <laughs> um, music from an early age, but have you always been creative and 
loved music from like a really young age. I remember having what was it, the Mickey Mouse record? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you put Mickey's Mickey's arm on it. And you know, I don't even think those were real records. I think you know there were something in the record. The player was actually in the machine itself. Music has always been something that's meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can almost I can close my eyes and think of every mixtape that I ever made in the eighties. You know, back in the days of like Gloria, Gloria Estefan and the Sound yes. Machine. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> oh, back when, um, what is it, when George Michael and Wham, and then moving on and, and doing Faith, and mm-hmm. um, some of the, you know, a lot of the 80s music, actually. And it's always been sentimental to me. So music, more, more than being in music, I've kind of, it's being like focused on the music I really let music just define pieces of my life and I think that's that's probably common for a lot of people um it's only been maybe in the last I would say like in the last five or so years that I've really started to focus um on music and what it means and how it means to other people um yeah just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of all over the the place with this question. You know, it's any time that I've had any any experience in my life, mm-hmm. you know, similar to everybody else. Um, you know, I have soundtracks. Like I remember when when I was. It, this is gonna sound really corny, really terrible. I'm, I'm really but that's, interested. But that's you. okay. Um, <laughs> so when I was first coming out to myself, to myself, mm-hmm. I played a lot of Fifth Dimension. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm coming out to myself. That my, is so perfect. I'm coming that, out to myself and I'm listening to <laughs> Up, Up, and Away. <laughs> and Road to Nowhere. And I mean, they did uh, they did Aquarius too. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents happened to have a Fifth Dimension record and I would put that on their turntable and I would let that go. Um, so like when I think about coming out, I think about Fifth Dimension. Um, just like when I think about breaking up with somebody in the past, I think about, uh, uh, Orgy's version of Blue Monday, or, um, you know, or, uh, what was it, a lot of, uh, Filter at the time. Um, when I think about, uh, exploring and finally, you know, after I came out, going out, I think a lot about, like, Amber and Sonique and Cher and all of those, because those were defining, and so... <sighs> rambling again um no you're fine so when we get you're to, allowed uh, to ramble you're you're answering the question <laughs> when, we, when we get to like what i want and why i do the music and where i am with the music now those are really the experiences that i take with me and those are the things that i want to i want to focus on those i want to bring those experiences to other people i want to um to help them find their music i guess that's that would be a, that would if there was anything that I could do for anybody ever, it would be help somebody to find the music of their times in their lives um, to carry those forward, just like, you know, I found the music for me. You have me smiling over here. It's so true, though. Um, <laughs> it's, like, I, I feel, like, you earlier you said that, you know, you have soundtracks. I can relate to having soundtracks, and I'm sure a lot of other people can, too. Your soundtracks but, don't have the Scorpions in it, does it? No, no. Because well, Gorky Park is a terrible song, and I've got that one know, stuck in my like life now. <laughs> maybe I was weird. I listened to, so during high school, which mm-hmm. was a really strange and ambiguous time for me, I came out 
Um, it was my, <laughs> it was the summer of going into my junior year of high school. And I remember, like, rehearsing how I was going to come out to my mom and my sister in, like, the bathroom during, like, the AP summer placement of, like, nobody was in there. Well, I thought nobody was in there. So Coldplay is, like, playing in the background, and then it's, it switches to Journey, and it was Any Way You Want It. So it's, like, the song just started playing on a loop. Mm-hmm. I'm having this, like, tearful conversation with the mirror in the bathroom. And the girl comes out of the bathroom. She's like, you can do it. And every time I think about coming out, I feel like my soundtrack, it, I, well, maybe it's a song. Like, I think of Journey. Um, but, but you're right. Everybody takes songs. Like, for me, you said breakup. I think of Adele. <laughs> I think of breakups. But realistically, you all, everyone gets something from music. And I feel like there's a lot of music that has gotten me through dark times and also makes me feel good. So, like, I have a yeah. playlist for every single possible feeling that I could, that I have, well, let's see, I'm discovering new feelings every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's, that's definitely a valid point, and it's really cool that, you know, you want to enhance people's music experiences to new heights, because I think it's one thing to listen to a song and listen mm-hmm. to the words, but when you have the history and the story behind it, it creates connections. There is so much, you're right, and there is so much music out there now, um, especially in the LGBT genre, that does that. If we if we stop to know what songs those are and listen to what they're talking about, um, like you know now, I, I would say like the 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 words of today, you know, everybody's talking about trans and coming out and you know this and that and the other thing and. Um, there's one, there's one song called The Laundress, and I can't remember who sings it, um, but it actually talks about being in, I want to say a lesbian relationship where the other person, uh, is a trans man, and what that's like, and what that does to the relationship, and what that's like, trying to, trying to transition that relationship along with this transition, and that's, I mean, that's, that's difficult for a lot of people, and so... If out there there was an opportunity for me to to introduce a, a concept like that or a song like that where somebody is experiencing that same kind of uh, situation or, or feelings, no matter which side you know of a relationship they're on, you know, I'd really like to bring those songs and that that experience to the forefront. And I don't know that a lot of that's going to happen unless people really. A, know what music is out there. Right now, I, I would say a lot of LGBT artists are still, they're big ones, but then there are also a lot that are still obscure. That's very true. Um, and to pull them out and, and, and offer that to an audience and say, hey, you know, here is here are people that are experiencing the same things that you're experiencing, that feel the same things that you're experiencing, that you're feeling. And, you know, and connect. Connect with us as a community. Connect with the, connect with the artist as an artist or connect with the artist as a person. I definitely think that'd be beneficial as well, especially for, like, the younger generation. For me, for the longest time, I think the first the first artist that I knew of to be, like, an LGBT-plus artist was Tegan and Sarah mm. for me. And then as I started to do more research and kind of deep dive into music, mm-hmm. I experienced that, oh, a lot of these artists that I already enjoy are part of the community, and I didn't know that. Um, and then you have new age artists like Janelle Monae and, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones who are 
on the spectrum, but it's kind of publicized. It's something that's out there and mm-hmm. more easily accessible. And then, like you said, you do have a lot of indie artists that don't get the same amount of coverage. So it is kind of nice to have that base. Like, based off of everything you said and just having the radio show and mm-hmm. having the experience to kind of touch people in a different way, especially in the sense that, you know, you're able to give them that kind of awareness. What are the biggest triumphs that you say you personally have had happen to you since starting the radio show? Getting my first listener. That was that was an insanely huge triumph. <laughs> you know, you laugh. Yeah. That's, that's, you do this sort of stuff, and you go out there, and you're like, well, people even value this. Um, yeah, I remember when I got my first listener, too, and, a, you know, a little one pops up mm-hmm. on my screen, and that was that was huge. And then to see... Uh, a next big try. I mean, these are all little things, mm-hmm. in to in one perspective, but they're huge in the other. You know, the next big triumph was to get you know people to to talk about you know a song or to request a song or you know to even say hi on the chat. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to be a community member. I can't be a community member without a community. That's true. Um, That's true. And if people aren't if people aren't talking to me or chatting with me or you know anything, that's uh. It makes it a little harder. There was one uh, one particular experience. Somebody went on a, a trip. They went all the way down to, I want to say Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. They spent the week in Fort Lauderdale. And they sent me pictures back with my show on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, that was a huge, I was like, yes, that's awesome. That's um, another time I, I've gotten, a, it's, it's kind of a thing, so another time I've gotten somebody who was in the middle of Park Place mm-hmm. listening to my show. <laughs> like, I'm not... I, I don't know what this... I was, I was just... I was incredibly flattered. Um, uh, another point in time, somebody came up to me and said, you know, hey, I, I really like your show. I really like the music. Matter of fact, um, not this show, but the one before it, we kind of got on a... I'd say we, because really it was a, an experience between my audience and I. We got on a... Um, I would say an empowerment mm-hmm. track where like most of the songs that came out talk about controlled chaos. Most of the songs that came out were about uh, LGBT empowerment, um, getting you know, uh, raising their raising up their spirits, you know, uplifting. Um, and it was like one of, the, and I don't even think all the songs were LGBT. I think one of them was uh, fight song. Mm-hmm which I didn't even know about until I had, like, a, a four-year-old ask me if I could play it one night. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's still, it really is the little things. I mean, it's, like, if I, if I show up to, if I showed up to, like, let's say a huge thing where I've got, you know, thousands of people in front of me and I'm, you know, and I'm having a good time and people come up to me and they say, oh, you know, we really love your show. Thank you so much for doing this, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. But when you have an individual, like, really come up to you and share uh, a, a piece of their heart with you and how you, you touched on that, that's the biggest triumph at all, of all. And that's, that's really the ones that I, I look for. So, you know, not to tell everybody else that they aren't awesome, it's the the point of the show is to really connect, to be a community member, to be a friend, to be a loved one, um, and and so those are that's yeah I'm going down a rabbit hole now, but no, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's the 
it's it's those small moments is really what I'm saying. I can see that. It 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 is rewarding when you're able to touch someone because I think that we all kind of have this wall around us and to be so moved by something, whether it's a song or whether it's even you know, knowledge behind the song or a message. Something that mm-hmm. I've noticed that you do in your show, something that I really enjoy is how you'll be talking about, like, you'll give history, but you'll also give out, like, a central message of, you know, what the intent of the song was, and then you'll kind of add something empowering regarding the community to it. And I think it's nice to also have a companion piece. It's kind of solidifying that, the meaning, the song, and then the message behind it as well. Your answers are so much better than mine. (laughs) I should be interviewing you. (laughs) Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll, I'll roll through, say hi to everybody. Okay. But, no, it's, um, I, I have mad respect for, for everything that you're doing. I think it is something that the community definitely needs. Um, and you mentioned empowerment in one of your shows. And something that I've noticed just from my interactions, and this isn't a generalization of everyone in Jacksonville, because not everyone, um, in our community has expressed this, but a lot of people have expressed to me that, you know, there is a shortage of acceptance in some facets of our community. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of struggles that they still have. And it's just nice to have an outlet that promotes the the wonderful side of being part of the LGBT plus community. Because yeah. there is a lot of wonderful things and a lot of wonderful triumphs that we had. And even in the presence of, like, the darker side of, you know, being gay or mm-hmm. being trans or bi or asexual or whatever, wherever you fall on that spectrum there are people out there who have shared experiences, which you emphasize through music on your show. So that's that's definitely really cool. Um, I always, like towards the latter part of the podcast, ask like a mix of three questions. And they're always questions... Starting to write <laughs> you, this you down, have, yeah. <laughs> you have your pencil at the ready. I'm going to do it one at a time. Okay. Um, so I won't ask you all three at the same time. But the first question is... If you could go back and tell your younger self, and let's say, let's give you an age, let's see. If you could go back in time and tell your 16-year-old self three things, what would that be? Um, wow. The 16-year-old, I was that was before I even realized that I was trans. So I would go back and I would say, hey, you know all those frustrations you've been having? <laughs> You know, you know all the stuff you've been doing, you know all this frustration you have? Yeah, there's there's a reason for that, and, you know, perhaps you ought to pay attention to that reason. <laughs> and it'll make your life a lot nicer when you figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, full steam ahead. Um, yeah, there was, uh, back when I was 16, um, I didn't even have an idea of what it was until I went to college. I got to college, and I got the internet, and it was all downhill from there. Um, so it was, you know, you're supposed to laugh at that joke, by the way. She's not laughing, guys. I'm, I'm not doing this interview anymore. <laughs> no, if you're doing no, fine. Um, <laughs> I was taking in what you were saying. No, it's You're funny. I promise, you're off. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, beat my ego. Um, no, the internet did. The internet gave me a lot of information that I didn't have when I was 16. But I, I got to the internet when I was, like, 19, 20. So it was three years after the, after it. And it took me, like, many, 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 many years um, to even adjust just to the idea of being trans. Um, 
so if I could go back and talk to myself, yeah, I would be like, look, you are having these frustrations. This is why I think you're having these frustrations. And it's scary. It's scary as hell, and it's going to be a scary ride. But when you finally do commit to it, it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, that and the, you know, all the details that entail that. So the second question is um, is a bit easier mm-hmm. than, yeah. than the first question. You're gonna laugh more on this one. <laughs> Not necessarily. Depends on what you say. Oh shit! Okay, let's go. Okay, so I like going forward um, mm-hmm. in the future. Where where do you see yourself going? Not just with the show, but your endeavors. Where would you like to see yourself? Let's say maybe like ten years from now. Now this feels like a job interview. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's this is. I mean, this is something I think that everybody asks yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Is where do I want to be in ten years? Mm-hmm. Specific to the radio show, um, I would like it to. I would I I would like it to still be around, but, I mean, ultimately, and it, this is going to sound really weird, but. I would love it if the if a radio show like that didn't have to exist because we didn't have to worry about segmenting that music out that that music was a part of of the greater the greater community and the greater conversation. Um, you know, I would love to not have to have a radio show that that specifically caters to a specific group because that group feels isolated from you know the rest of Jacksonville if we just if we just talk in terms of Jacksonville. I mean, that being said. The radio show will go on, heck or high water, um, and I will uh, I will continue to, to grow it, and I will continue to navigate the the purposeful chaos um, to see where it goes and to grow it and to make it to where it is a, a community member, a community member that's not governed by me per se, but a community member in its own right um, that anybody can be a part of. You know, Al Jack's radio doesn't have to be me in front of a camera. It can be somebody else. People might not want to look at an older me in 10 years. (laughs) Stop. Stop. I'm not that photogenic at all. But that's that's where I want it to head. I want it to be a part of the community. Part of the community. I want it to be, um, you know, a value. And, you know, if if I really had my way about it, I'd like it to be not needed. But it is very much needed. Yeah, I, I definitely think it is too. It it really adds flavor to the community, and I think it gives us something to come together about. Cool thing about music is like regardless of how you feel about certain issues, like you might differ with somebody about certain issues, but everybody can acknowledge if they like a specific song. Everybody mm-hmm. can acknowledge the way a song makes them feel. So music is that thing that can bring a group of strangers together. Like you can put three people in a room. And they all speak, you know, a different language. Mm-hmm. And you start playing Guns N' Roses or ACDC or, like, a multitude of different artists. And, you know, they'll start bobbing their head. They'll start maybe even saying the words in that particular language because they know the song. So Absolutely. That's it's, it's like dancing the YMCA at a highly religious <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Everybody that does has, it. Yeah, that's, that seems to be a thing. And I didn't realize that until I moved to Georgia. I went to several weddings there, and uh-huh. that song played at all three weddings. It was... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess it's a thing. 
and then I moved here and went to a wedding here, and that song also. That's right. It's always like we don't like them LGBT LGBTs <laughs> until YMCA comes on, and then they're all like, YMCA, you know what's going on. So my final question is is probably a bit more personal, but it's not invasive personal. It's mm-hmm. just kind of big. Oh, and deep. ask it, whatever. <laughs> Um, so my third question is like if you based off of your experiences and mm-hmm. how you feel about the state of the world in terms of the LGBT plus community, what would you say to um, people in the community that are listening right now and just people in general who are listening, whether they're um, allies or actual community members? Wow, that that, that just kind of hit me in the gut because I know exactly what I want to say, but. I don't know whether the community is ready to, to hear that yet. Um, you know, we're so... We're so I, I guess, let me give some context. I see the LGBT community as this group of amazing people. Every single one of us. You know, no matter how hard we are to get along with or how easy we are to get along with, each and every one of us is, is absolutely amazing in our own right. We have our own experiences. Um, we've done a lot. Simply by being LGBT, we've done a whole lot. And, but everybody is still kind of divided. And, and I, personally, when I look at that, I wonder if it's because we all are struggling for an identity. You have everybody, you have everybody in the LGBT community struggling for an identity. In the middle of the community, which is also struggling for an identity... Um, and there's all, there's a lot of, there's a lot of clashes. Um, there's, you know, there's like, oh, I'm, you know, I only like to hang out with lesbians, or I only like to hang out with gay people, or I don't like hanging out with trans people because they make me feel uncomfortable, or, you know, or, uh, you know, all the trans people that are older than 30, you know, look terrible, so they make me feel uncomfortable, I don't like it. Um, and that's all within our own community. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if... I would say to our community, I'd be like, look, you know, we've done enough. Let's worry less about our own, especially in our own community, let's worry less about our own identities. Let's start identifying each other by name, not by, not by gender, not by, uh, you know, sexual orientation. You know, hi, Kayla. And you're like, hi, Veronica. I like you. I think you're really cool. Um, I, I think that you have, you know, a world of possibility in there. I, you know, on a personal level, I can't wait to hear, you know, all of your shows for season two. Oh, thank you. Um, but that's how far it should go. Yeah. I, I shouldn't. Agree. I shouldn't have to sit here and like, well, you're a lesbian, so I think. I mean, I don't even know that, but, um, you know, how do I, how do I talk to you? I don't care. I don't care. Sometimes, and this is going to sound really, really backwards, but sometimes ignorance is bliss. I agree with that. Be a little bit more ignorant about other people's identities and break through those barriers and see people as individuals, not as labels, which we still label each other. I I definitely feel that way, too. Um, And it's when I ran um, an LGBT plus support group, it's one of the biggest things that I ran into. Um, I had an individual, and she was trans. One of my favorite people. She's just so <laughs> wonderful. Um, but she said that, you know, people could tell 
that she was still kind of pre-op and she was still kind of going through those early stages Mm -hmm. and people would always get uncomfortable. She said they weren't necessarily unkind, but they were standoffish. And she said that finally, um, she asked someone who appeared like they really looked like they wanted to talk to her and just Mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, is there something that you'd like to say? Because you always come by me, but you never really say anything. And she said that um, they responded with, well, I just don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what to say. And, and I definitely agree with that. Like, I've witnessed people do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to be completely transparent on this show and say that while I've never not spoken to someone, I have had feelings, like, especially as young, I want to say, like, maybe between the ages of... 17 to 19 Mm -hmm. of feeling slightly uncomfortable with not wanting to say the wrong thing okay especially when it comes to pronouns Mm -hmm. um and as you know the lgbt plus community kind of evolves and we come up with even more pronouns and even more um ways to label ourselves it it can kind of be and then What's, what's a good word? It can kind of be like a shade of gray, of like knowing what to say and what not to say, depending on who you're talking to. And you're right. I feel like sometimes we worry so much about that. It kind of takes us away from the fact that we're just all individuals that live on the same planet. I, I challenge you with that one. What's stopping you from saying hi? Well, not, well, I mean, I'm not stopped from saying hi, but I just feel like for some people, mm-hmm. like they just they can't separate the two things and back in the day you I know mm-hmm. i could i could kind of relate to feeling like i didn't want to say the wrong thing we all can so, we I all mean, can i don't like you know yeah. that's that is that is inherent to to the, the conversation too um but at the same time i would challenge you and i would challenge your listeners what stops you from saying hi my name is veronica how are you what stops you from saying you know Hey, I, I saw your bracelet. I really like that. That's cute. What is, how is, what's that made of? That's, there's, don't get lost. Like, the ignorance is, be, be, see less of a label and see more of a human being. So don't, when, when you, when you drop the label piece, not the label piece, but when you, when you drop more of the identity side and you go to more of a humanistic side, it becomes a little bit, easier to um to relate i like that i don't particularly like labels in general because i feel like they can be isolating sometimes Mm -hmm. um and i felt that way for quite a long time just kind of reflecting on how i felt when i was young and kind of traversing that nuance of what do i do what i don't or what do i don't do and you know my mom even said this to me a couple years ago where she was like you know all i know is that i have a daughter who's in the LGBT plus community. And she was like, I, I really don't care what you are. You're, a good, you're a good person. <laughs> she was that. like, I love and respect you. She was like, I'm still gonna, you know, say hi. I'm still gonna give mm-hmm. you a hug. I'm still gonna treat you with respect. And when you look at it from that point of view, everything gets a lot easier. It does. Wow, this got really serious. And this did get really serious. <laughs> <laughs> it just got really, really deep. But one thing I wanted to see you... See, um, you were talking about isolating. It isolates both sides. It isolates you from experiences, and it isolates that other person from experiences. Um, 
and I think is that's that's something important to remember because, you know, who of us wants to be, you know, who of among us wants to isolate ourselves? That's very true. The more you know. This is your <laughs> a teachable moment. Yes, right. <laughs> Schoolhouse right. <laughs> But no, this is this has been a really great experience. Like I thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show and I really like I've I've learned a lot today. Like I really appreciate and value your perspective. Like there's a lot that I haven't experienced and it's always nice talking to to guests because you kind of glimpse into their world and you take a little bit of something new away. And I think for me it's probably just to kind of relax. And let it fly in a positive way. <laughs> or purposeful chaos. Yeah, yes. purposeful <laughs> chaos. That's that's a new term that I like that term. But no, I I just I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you to um, you for having me. I mean, this is like I said, this is quite an honor. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be pretty flying high for the rest of the day. <laughs> the same here. Definitely the same here. Now I do before we go. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you or find you on social media so that they can listen to the radio show and also kind of, like, if they have any other needs, whether it's needs for lighting or DJ, they can kind of find you. Oh, wow. So, um, so the easiest place, so number one, if you, if you would, uh, care to know me personally, um, you can find me on Facebook, Veronica Wilson, um, Especially if you want to flame me for this interview, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, you can, if you would like. So one of the things I do, I am I run my own events company. So I do I call it technical event in uh, technical event production. So lighting, sound, sound engineering. I also DJ. You can find more about that at. Oh my God! Here we go with that 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 thing. Well, I'll I'll post it to your site or. Yeah, I think we should establish so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your name is Veronica Wilson, Wilson mm-hmm. and you go by DJ, DJ Alice. Alice. Yep. So that'll make it make more sense. So now that we have that, you yes. can continue on with the So if the you website. go on uh, Google and you look up Alice, A-L-L-I-S-S, you'll probably find me very quickly. You'll find my uh, my DJ company. It is Alice Fector, A-L-L-I-S-S, F-E-K-K-T-E-R.com. Um as well as I run Outjacks Radio, which is easy to find. Just go to uh, Facebook, type in Outjacks Radio, J-A-X, in Facebook search, and you will come across the radio station. And please, if you do, drop me a note um, and like the site so that you can stay up to date. And I'd definitely like to see you and chat with you on Friday night, say 2 11. Yes. Well, thanks everybody for listening as always, and thank you again. It was it was definitely a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. 